This fucking guy. Hello, my little chicken nuggets. Welcome to that magical place where we can all gather to drink and lament and talk about this fucking guy. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> this is the podcast where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and dick weasels that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm your local cryptid, Ren Martinez. And I'm more Bigfoot than woman, Ginger Gollum. <laughs> All right, Gingy. Is there anything you need to scream into the void? Okay, so, so when we are recording this, it is presently... Columbus Day, or, Ooh. uh, Ooh. yes, <laughs> so just, just that, just, it's, it's not great, and our city has, like, passed a resolution where, uh, it's gonna be Indigenous People's Day, and that's Yay! nice, but don't read the comments on that newspaper article. Oh, oh god. Oh, yeah. Oh, god. Mm. Oh no, God is blessed. I'm guessing that they're all very thoughtful, insightful, and really take into account the nuanced history of race in America. <laughs> so much nuance, and you would be you would be amazed how many uh, middle aged uh, men whose profile picture is a sunset are one sixteenth <laughs> Cherokee. Oh yeah, I'm sure that they uh they you know what is it DNA go what is it me and me and DNA twenty three and me twenty three and me I don't remember oh, I'm not so, I'm not doing those because they sell your information to health insurance companies I did that welcome to my local conspiracy theory <laughs> corner <laughs> I, I did that because like my father really sweetly um just bought me one for my birthday one year and I was like okay sure. And I am 100% European, which is very Shocking. disappointing to me. Shocking. Like, I, di I didn't know you could be as Caucasian as I am. But you also saw me dance at your wedding, so I guess you knew. I mean... But yeah, so uh, actually, so happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Say it's time. You don't have anything to scream into the Not really. I think I think that uh, yeah. discussing the fact that uh, you know Christopher Columbus was a raping genocidal maniac who really just destroyed thousands and thousands of lives is enough. You know, I think that's a good yeah. scream. Yeah. Uh, it, spoiler alert: We are not going to get into Columbus um, for our dead asshole segment because oh. uh, the it would have been topical. <laughs> It would have been topical, <laughs> but there's there's already a lot out there, and um, the oatmeal did a better cartoon rendition of it than oh. I would ever be able to podcast it. So, so well, it is. Then we're gonna say it is time, and we're gonna talk about this fucking guy. So, um, this is literally breaking news. Ooh, it is unfolding. Right now. So, um, so this weekend, there was a three-day conference being held in um, one of Trump's resorts, National Doral, Miami. It was a conference held by the pro-Trump group American Priority. How is this already giving me palpitations? I mean, just you fucking wait. Okay. So some of the people who are going to be there was uh, Donald Trump Jr., 
Mm. Uh, former spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Mm. Uh, Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. They have a lot of people here that are could be stars of their own episodes. Uh, Jason Chaffetz, a former congressman. Corey Lewandowski, uh, the former Trump man- campaign manager. Roger Stone. That Roger Stone. Oh, God. Uh, He's not in prison? No, not yet. Uh. <laughs> He's getting there. Um... Uh, NRA spokesperson Dana Loesch, oh. our favorite um, purveyor of "You're gonna die by a gun." Um, <laughs> they also had Dinesh D'Souza uh, and other far right trolls like Andy No and Laura Loomer. So you know, it's really a who's who, who's who of why <laughs> of, of shitheads. Who's um, who of why? God why? God why? Um, so. A video was shown at the event, which is making quite the waves across of the news. I'm, I um, guess it's good that I just don't open the news anymore during this particular administration. It's really bad. So the the video oh. it, it was part of an it was part of an event. It, it was part of some online contest, and like the at the conference they were having what was like a meme event. A meme room. And, uh... Yeah, so that's already starting off really great. So let's talk about this video specifically. It includes the logo for the... For Trump's 2020 re-election campaign. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's an edited scene from the 2014 film Kingsman The Secret Service. It depicts a scene inside the, quote, Church of Fake News. What? Where parishioners rise as Mr. Trump, who is superimposed on Colin Firth's head. Poor Colin Firth. He does not deserve this. (laughs) He walks down the aisle. Many parishioners' faces have been replaced with logos of news media organizations, including PBS, NPR, Politico, The Washington Post, and NBC. He stops in the middle of the church, pulls a gun out of his suit jacket, and begins a graphic rampage. As parishioners try to flee, he fires at them. Cool. He shoots Black Lives Matter in the head, shoots Vice News. He strikes uh, the late Senator John McCain in the back of the neck. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, it gets better. By better, I mean so much worse. He hits um, Rosie O'Donnell in the face and then stabs her in the head. He strikes Maxine Waters, um, representative from California. He lights the head of Senator Bernie Sanders on fire. He mm. takes uh, Senator Mitt Romney hostage before throwing him to the ground. He strikes former President Barack Obama in the back, throws him against a wall. Uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, Representative Adam Schiff. All these people are being shot or, and, or brutalized. Um, and the clip ends with Mr. Trump putting a stake in the head of a person with a CNN logo for a face. Then he stands on the altar and admires his rampage. What the fuck? <laughs> so that was, that was the video. Um, it's uh, called The Trumpsman, The MAGA Service. Jesus Christ. It's pretty similar in style. I don't know if you remember, it was like July 2017. Trump tweeted a video in which he was in a wrestling body match with CNN's logo. I feel like I've seen that, and that is, like, you know, it's 
Obviously, it's never great to endorse physical violence. I would rather you'd be like, I'm a wrestlem than I'm going to shoot Black Lives Matter in, in the, the face um, and set Bernie Sanders on fire and like shoot Hillary. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm surprised that there wasn't a figure that was just her emails. Right. Um, so, you know, when he, so when he did that wrestling CNN video, uh-huh. like he retweeted it. And people were like, hey, you might be encouraging violence against journalists. But, you know, several, all of his supporters were super into it and became viral. So this new video was created by the Geeks team, which is part of a loose collective of pro-Trump video creators known online as Meme World. This is the brainchild of our particular person of this fucking guy. Which is Carpe Donctum. <laughs> Let's all take a moment to laugh at that stupid ass fucking name. To just parse that. <laughs> Carpe Donctum. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, right. I don't think that that's the the particular hill I'm gonna choose to die on for this episode. So carry on, I guess. Okay, so. So the video's at this event again. So this was this was a pro-Trump rally as part of his, like, re-election whatever. And it was part of this sort of, like, right me like, pro-right memes that were being shown. Um, yeah. It, it was hosted by Meme World. Again, this is Carpe Donctum's baby. Uh, other uh, content creators included, like, Ben Garrison, uh, Mad Liberals. Um, just so you know, Carpe Donctum is a famous meme lord. He's even been invited to the White House, which we'll talk more about later. Man, the bar for going... The the bar for getting invited to the White House has gotten low. The bar for going to the White House was always pretty low, because you can just, like, schedule a tour. Right. Getting invited by the president, it's it's, um, real easy. It's real easy now. Um, So part of the top prize of this meme world contest included airfare and hotel and food at the American Priority Conference in Trump's resort, as well as access to a VIP yacht party and a $500 gift card. Is this paid for with my tax dollars? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, so American Priority Priority is like a pro-Trump group it's not like specifically Trump. i mean but you know I, that i just wasn't sure if it was like but you know it had to have been it. it had to have been some money in there because it's at his resort so he's getting all this money for yeah him. obviously um so you so if you won you got to meet the amp team and carpe donctum you will also be featured in the hall of memes at the venue Ooh. so most meme creators on meme world uh go by pseudonyms Carpe Donctum, who is the one who created... Is uh, not his Christian name. It is not his Christian name. Um, his name is Logan Cook, mm. um, who's based in Kansas. Do we know any good Logans? Uh, I'm sure there Wolverine? are some. Okay, fair. Continue. <laughs> um, so Cook had spoken with a local Can- uh, Kansas TV uh, news station... And had discussed his various videos and, and gifts that he had created that the president has tweeted out to millions and millions of his followers. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 definitely uh, famous, I guess, like with major quotations, like famous, but like not. Fa- he doesn't have his own Wikipedia. That's one thing. He's not famous enough. Famous enough 
to have his own Wikipedia. But he does have, oh, it's like Memeopedia had some oh. of his. Yes. Yeah, so, you know. But let's talk a little bit about Logan Cook. So, in uh, July of this year, he uh, met with our president. Our president of the United States took time out of his day uh, to meet with a meme creator. A creator of memes. A meme lord, if you will. Um, Carpe Donctum, I'm just going to call him Logan. Logan had previously won a $10,000 anti-mainstream media meme concert sponsored by the conspiracy theory website InfoWars. Oh, God. So, you know, that's great. Uh, He recently created, um, in in this article, he recently created a fake animated cover of Time magazine that suggested Trump would stay in office forever. Trump retweeted that video, getting more than 25 million views on Twitter. Where is the genius? I want to meet the genius, (laughs) said Trump to Logan (laughs) as the men entered the Oval Office. Oh boy. Oh. Uh, so Logan and his counterpart, Mad Liberals, have both complained of unfair treatment by social media companies before. Point uh, Logan's uh, Twitter profile was suspended for eight days after he posted an altered Spaghetti Western video that showed uh, Trump slapping and shooting a gun at CNN reporter Jim Acosta. Cool. I wonder why that could have been, you know, suspended. I don't know. Shooting... Trump shooting a gun at a reporter who he had talked about violence towards before. I don't know. Couple of things. First of all, they are definitely doing this in a post... I don't even remember what year it was, like 2013, when the um, Roanoke NBC10 anchors got shot by a co-worker on live television. And they're doing this scene of shooting a bunch of people in a church... After the South Carolina shooting, did that movie at least come out before the South Carolina shooting? It came out in, so the original Kingsman came out in 2014. But again, the Kingsman, the movie, is like about spies doing spy stuff. It's about spies. I don't particularly enjoy any context in which somebody's just going in a church and shooting a bunch of people in the head. So I think that the context of that, I have not seen the Kingsman my understanding of that is that not that this is advocating violence, but I think the reason he was there was because these people were like essentially a proxy for Westboro Baptist and were like trying to kill gay people, and that's part of why he was there killing these people. I haven't seen the film. Okay, I realize again, but that's also part of the argument with sort of the backlash that's currently happening about this video. Is that like, well, you weren't upset when like a fake man killed this fake church that could have been that was styled after the Westboro Baptist people? Again, the people who say kill all f words. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say no the, the gay slur, but you know who say kill all kill all gays and like they all should die and. Like, God hates you. Mm. So, like, not saying that they have a point. Because they don't. They don't. They don't. Point. Um, but that's sort of... Like, it is a question that. to ask, but you then fucking went and you used it. And then you put real people's faces who have been threatened in very real ways by... Do you think that could be a problem? Do you think? 
don't know. I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> so, um... Ironclad plan, Ren. So, um... So, Logan. Logan. Mr. Dogdom. Logan Dogdom. So, he... So, when he met with uh, Trump this summer, he had asked the Washington Post to, um... To talk to the president, but under the condition that their names not be used because they fear online or in-person harassment. There was actually a whole to-doodle this summer about this. So Logan was saying that, Logan Dalton mm-hmm. was saying that um, people, people from the left were doxing him, were trying to dox him. I mean, and they probably were, but also... Well, let me... Uh, okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Logan Dogdom was out of, was in a whole thing this summer about um, him being the subject of doxing. So let's put that in context. He had previously stated on Reddit that he had no concerns over people knowing his real name. And that, like, admitted that it would be really easy to find his identity. And he's, you know, sort of a low-level public figure. And has appeared on camera for multiple news broadcasts, and has posted photos with his family on his social media. So then he was like, please don't use my real name because I'm afraid. I am afraid. And so these publications actually agreed, like the Washington Post, and these people were like, yeah, of course we won't use your name, Mr. Donctum, Mr. Carpe Donctum. <laughs> please, Mr. Donctum was my father. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So he, he claimed at the time that making his first and last name known to the public would endanger him and his family. Um, okay. So, of course, you know, it's not that I, I do not condone violence against this man, but it is a little bit difficult to talk about, like, oh, but I want to remain a private person when you've literally accepted an Oval Office meeting with the president. I'm yeah. guessing you're not going to have your name kept secret. Also, um, part of this is, uh, the latest chapter in, in this, this, again, this, this really dumb saga, some Huff, Huffington Post reporter, uh, Luke O'Brien was working on a story and, um, again, the meme Lord heard that it would, uh, contain his real name. Heaven. It wasn't going to contain his real name, but that's Heaven what he heard. Found. So, um, like, okay, so we are not, we're not, like, in favor of doxing. We're not like, "Mm, yeah, this guy deserves to be doxed. He has doxed himself, and I need anyone listening to this to understand that that is our perspective. Well, no, that's literally what happened. So when he, so when he's, like, yelling at this Huffington Post guy, like, you can't use my real name, meme lords, attack, and, like, people were, like, harassing this fucking reporter from the Huffington Post. Cool. Um, Luke O'Brien posted a tweet, or I think it was a tweet or like an internet post that had happened in 2016 where Logan Carpe Donctum Cook said his name was Logan Cook. So Logan Cook doxed himself three years before and now was like, but please keep my name a secret. Please keep my name, which I've already told the internet a secret. Please do this for me. <laughs> like, so, so all right. So again, like this this Huffington Post reporter, who again was not going to use his real name, was the subject of like a huge troll storm on behalf of 
Mr. Donkton, which is far more than Mr. Donkton ever received. I'm sorry, I know that that's your father's name. It's, it's, call me Carpe. Um, here's some other shit that, uh, Logan Cook has done as Carpe Donctum. Hit me. Not all of this is super bad, but it's just kind of a flavor, a flavor palette. So you're gonna get notes of, like, cherry and chocolate and assholery. Mmm. Mmm, that lovely flavor. It's really, just the, the those subtle fecal notes. <laughs> That's how you get that earthiness, you know, that earthiness into your, into the flavor. Um, so, uh, during one of the Democratic, uh, primary debates, he, um, married audio of the Soviet Union's national anthem uh-huh. to a clip of 10 of the candidates standing at attention, hands over hearts. He also included a Soviet flag in the background, uh, suggesting that, I don't know, that they're devoted to socialism and communism. And his caption read... I may hate what they stand for, but at least I can respect the Democrats' honesty. Because, you know, ha ha ha, they're, they're all Soviet. Because... Does he you know, know who Donald Trump is and who his <laughs> friends are? <laughs> that would... That would be hypocrisy, and no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. He also posted, uh, edited a video of, uh, Greta Thunberg. I don't know if you've heard of her. Oh. Um, Yes, the 16-year-old. The child? The child. Um, the very brave child? The very brave child. Uh, edited a video of her speech in the style of a Nazi rally and posted it to YouTube in a video titled, Mind Climate Change. Oh. Oh, God. How creative. So creative. Just compare a thing to, if you don't like a thing, Gingy, compare it to Nazis. If in doubt, have you tried Nazis? <laughs> You know, the reason I never did debate in high school is because we did sort of like this preliminary, like, hey, learn to debate thing in my civics class. And I was paired up with somebody who at least was a friend of mine until this debate on on universal health care. And her argument was, you know who else had universal health care? The Nazis. (laughs) And oh, I and I just solid logic, bruh. And I just started yelling at her, and <laughs> so the class voted that she won, and the class voted that the girl who said "but the Nazis" won. Wow. I mean, Southwest Virginia public education. Oh, that's true. Your tax dollars at work. Mm. I mean, yeah. So you but know, not again. Clearly, Mr. Cook is genius-level memory because, uh, you know, Nazi plus whatever I'm criticizing equals comedic gold. <laughs> equals, oh, I took down the libs. Oh, so, um, he also claimed, so, claimed that the Trump impeachment inquiry is because he won in 2016 and is proof we live in clown world. Hashtag clown world. Have you heard of clown world? Clown world is a reference to a far right meme connected to anti-Semitism. Oh, Jesus. So, you know, so now we got the anti-Semitic flavor. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, the reason that... Th- Trump is having an impeachment inquiry is because of the Jews. So that's a great look. 
Carpe, Carpe Logan, Carpe Logan Cook, Donkdom. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, again, just a little, he's, he's also a frequent guest on, on Alex Jones' InfoWars show. Look, guys, <laughs> you can call us Nazis or you can call us Jews. <laughs> well, Be consistent. Well, Be consistent in your asinine metaphors. Right. So, yeah, you can either be... I mean, they're both forms of anti-Semitism, but like you can either be anti-Semitic and call, you know, and call people, you know, again, part of this Jewish conspiracy overlord, I don't know, throw George Soros in there somewhere because they have to, Mm. or you can call us Nazis. You cannot have both Mm -mm. because that's inherently hypocritical, but as we've discussed, as we've discussed, hypocrisy matters not. To Carpe Cook, Donkdom, yeah. <laughs> Logan, <laughs> the man of many names and many faces. Yes, how dare we bring reality <laughs> into this? So, um, so, so, Mr. Carpe um, confirmed in a uh, Twitter message Sunday to the Washington Post that uh, this video was part of his Meme World site and that the creator of the video is and will remain a contributor. He declined to identify the video's creator, citing concerns that the person may face online or in-person harassment. He really cares about people being harassed for their views. (sighs) (laughs) That's a concern. Cool, I'm gonna go get more wine. Right? Okay, so he he posted this... um, I guess yeah, the best thing you can say is sort of like disclaimer slash address slash statement slash bullshit. Sure. On his website, uh, Meme World. I'm not going to read all of it because it's real stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of imagine. Yep. But I'll read at least little key bits. In, uh, <clears throat> During the American Priority Conference, a meme by the Geeks team was part of a loop of meme videos played as part of a meme exhibit. That is the dumbest sentence I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) That's the point of that there. Dumbest sentence I've ever read. This video, while graphic and violent, depicts enemies of President Trump threatening him and his family and his, quote, over-the-top response. Meme World has not and does not condone any violence committed by anyone for any reason. I don't believe them. Oh, I mean, I don't. <laughs> but, like, the fact, the fact that... They, oh, yes, they were threatening Trump and his family in this... In The Kingsman. In The Kingsman, <laughs> a movie they are not in, and I... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. The Kingsman video is clearly satirical, and the violence depicted is metaphoric. No reasonable person would believe that this video was a call to action or an endorsement of violence towards the media. We're not talking about reasonable people. We're not worried about what the reasonable people are going to think. Oh, even the reasonable people are like, no, this is incitement to violence. It's incitement of violence, but it's going to be like super incitement violence for the less reasonable people who are definitely the ones going to a meme exhibit. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, just the whole idea of a meme exhibit just is the is the fucking stupidest thing. I mean, and I love a meme. Like, I, I love oh, a meme. Yeah. I love a meme. I love an exhibit. But, like, I'm not going to be like, hey, guys, we're going to go to the Smithsonian because they have, you know, an exhibit regarding Vine videos <laughs> that we need to win. Like, I can watch that on YouTube by myself. Like, I don't need to go to an exhibit for memes. Also, like, is it just me? But, like, why, why is the right obsessed with memes? I, they're obsessed with specific memes. Well, because, like, Alex Jones on his show, when he's, like, talked to Mr. Carpe, um, has been like, yes, like, the memes are, like, the, the new way to, like, transmit important information. Well, because, like, no one's attention... Like, I so Okay, so I sort of agree with that in a way, because nobody's attention span is long enough on social media that they're reading an entire manifesto. You try to get There are plenty point. of people reading whole manifestos. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Just to point that out, unfortunately. Fair. Um, but, like, the idea is you get your information down into... Oh, say six words or less, which is never going to but, be enough to convey an actual But point. yeah, memes are always wrong. Like, memes don't really provide good information. Well, you know what? Okay, I will say this. I understand. So, because Alex Jones is essentially a propagandist, and memes are a great way to do propaganda. So, if you want to talk about that, like, the meme, the meme exhibit is just propaganda. Look I mean, at our propaganda exhibit. Yeah, I mean, the Numa Numa kid definitely got me to like Romanian dance hall music, so. Um, so yeah, so he's saying that this is a whole thing that it's, you know, that it's not really violent and like it's satirical. And like, I guess it would be satirical if there was satire in it, but there's, he's bad at it. They're bad at it. You don't know what satire is. So. The main, the MSM, which stands for Mainstream Media, could not find any controversy within the conference itself. So they have manufactured this outrage campaign to discredit its success. If your success of this conference was having fucking Laura Loomer there, like that's not an indication of success. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so uh, again, the meme world will stand behind the Geek's team and will remain supportive of him, which again is a good look. This guy creates a video which is essentially Donald Trump. And again, it's not just Donald Trump shooting CNN logos in the face, though it's part of shooting CNN logos in the face. There's legitimate real people, again, like Adam Schiff and Maxine Waters and Hillary yeah. Clinton and like dead John McCain being shot in the face. Like, these are li real people. Yeah. Like, it's not, not satire. Again, you're bad at satire. Yeah. You also don't know what satire is. Anyway, so um, the organizer of the event, um, the American Priority People, said that the clip interplayed as part of, again, this meme exhibit. He denounced the video. Said his organization was looking into how it was shown at the event. So again, sort of how it's been in other previous shit yeah. where this has happened. They're like, oh, how did this get by our rigorous testing to see? <laughs> they, are, they are both real gross and have no spine. Right. The content, this is, this is a quote from the organizer, Alex Phillips. Content was submitted by third parties and was not associated with or endorsed by the conference in any official capacity. 
American Priority rejects all political violence and aims to promote a healthy dialogue about the preservation of free speech. This matter is under review. And in another one on the conference's website, it has come to our attention that an unauthorized video was shown in the side room at Ampfest 19. This video was not approved, seen, or sanctioned by the organizers. So you had specifically your meme exhibit and you didn't watch any of the videos you were going to show? Oh boy. Which is an, a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're a liar or you are the most incompetent of the organizer <laughs> I have ever conceived of. We're gonna show we're gonna show all these videos at this exhibit. We're not gonna see any of them beforehand. No. We're just going to assume that people whose name are Carpe Donctum <laughs> is gonna give us quality content. If you can't trust Carpe Donctum, who can who you can trust? trust? You just you can't trust anybody. It's just this world where, like, can you trust anybody if you can't trust a man named Carpe Donctum? <laughs> so even the Trump campaign has, of course, distanced himself from the video, saying, like, we don't sanction political violence, blah, 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 blah. The video was not produced by the campaign, and we do not condone violence, campaign spokesperson Tim Murtaugh said. So, like, Gingy, why do you think Carpe Donctum and this dumbass fucking video even fucking matters. Other than the fact that it's an incitement to violence. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some things that have happened. Legitimate things that have happened. So conservative essayist Bethany Man Mandel has purchased a handgun, according to the Daily Beast in 2016, after receiving anti-Semitic and threatening messages from apparent Trump supporters after she denounced then-candidate Trump. Guardian reporter Ben Jacobs was body slammed in 2017 by Republican congressional candidate Greg Gianforte. President Trump, at a rally for Gianforte last year, said that any guy that can do a body slam, he is my type. Oh, uh, Jesus. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. 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 Um, a t-shirt advocating for hanging journalists, oh. which reads... Oh. Yeah. It reads, rope... Tree journalist, some assembly required. Oh. This was sold on Walmart's website in what 2017. What the fuck, Walmart? Right? Right? So this was sold on Walmart's website. Uh, a Walmart spokesperson said the shirt was sold by a third-party seller and removed from their site as soon as it was brought to their attention. Walmart, are you okay? No, well, no, they're no, not. No, they're okay. not. But yeah, that was uh, legitimately calling for the lynching of journalists. You know, because lynching has always been a, in our country's history. Yeah. Mm. Five journalists were killed and two were injured in a shooting at the Capitol Gazette newsroom in Annapolis, Maryland last summer. The deadliest attack on journalists in the U.S. since 9-11. Caesar Sayoc, I think it's Sayoc. Uh, mailed pipe bombs to people he considered Trump's enemies, oh, yeah, which included that. journalists in the CNN headquarters. Did that also include Bernie Sanders? It included, I think, it included Bernie Sanders. It included Hillary Clinton. It included Barack Obama. I think it included Cory Booker and maybe Maxine Waters. There were several other like Democratic representatives slash Congress people slash people. 
that were the subject of um, these pipe bombs. And again, including journalists. A man was arrested after threatening to shoot Boston Globe employees, saying in a threatening phone call, you're the enemy of the people, and we're going to kill every one of you. Cool. Enemy of the people. I wonder where I've heard this phrase. Could it be? Could it be? Do you think? Dum dum! Dum dum! Um. <laughs> CNN's Brian Stelter aired a call from a C SPAN viewer and Trump supporter who said he wants to shoot Stelter and fellow CNN anchor Don Lemon if he sees them. A man was arrested after allegedly making 40 threatening calls to CNN, which included death threats to a reporter at USA Today identified as Don Lemon. And of course, Trump rally attendees consistently level insults at any media covering those events. So, guys, <laughs> carpe donctum, go fuck yourself. Uh, like, go fuck yourself. You and whoever made this fucking video, y'all are fucking gross. Y'all are fucking propagandists. You guys don't give a shit about, like, the actual human casualties that your uh, fucking memes will cause. Be the meme you wish to see in the world. <laughs> you can be a positive meme. You can be a positive meme. There's so many positive memes. Pusheen. Pusheen has never advocated violence against Girl, anyone. Oh, God, don't bring Pusheen into this. You know that's going to be the next thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? I mean, that just Pusheen <laughs> with a little tiny Hitler mustache. Oh, because again, you know how you make satire. Make it about Nazis. Ding, ding, ding. You win. You win the satire awards. Mark Twain would be proud of you. Well. God. So, um, that's, that's, uh, this fucking guy. And again, it's, it's unfolding. So I'm sure we're going to learn a lot in the upcoming days about, uh, again, this video in which our president murders all of his enemies, including journalists and yeah, people. and, you know, as always, I say as always, this is episode two, but you can find any updates that we have to offer on these fucking guys on our social media, uh, which you can find in the episode description and um, in future screams into the void. Yeah, Um. so yeah, that's um, that's uh, this fucking guy, Mr. Logan, Logan Donctum Carpe Cook, and... His ilk, I suppose. Thanks, Ren. You're welcome. I'm so glad I got to share that with you. These fucking guys, right? Right? These fucking guys. But you know, the best part about these fucking guys... That they likely cry themselves to sleep because they live in a loveless emptiness? They don't care about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's true, but damn. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking more that, like, this life will yeet them into the abyss if we wait around long enough. But, Ren, I'm, go- I'm gonna welcome you into, um, would you like to enter this room of dead assholes? I would love to enter this room. I'm gonna, hold on, let me, let me create some fucking... I feel I have... like that's gonna be deeply sonically unpleasant. <laughs> Hey, at least I'm not drinking into the microphone. Okay. It'd be much, much more unpleasant noises we could make into this. 
Anyway, continue. I have walked into the room, clearly, as my sounds have indicated. Oh, that was supposed to be walking? I thought it was a I thought it was a terrible drum roll. No, that was my steps. Like yeah. those old timey radio shows. Yeah. I was stepping into the room of the dead assholes. Maybe it's not a room, maybe it's a shoebox of dead assholes. Like I haven't really a shoebox that you hide under your urn. bed. The urn of dead assholes. You heard of D.W. Griffith? The name is vaguely familiar, but I couldn't tell you anything about him. Including his first name. His name was David Wark. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wark? I... <laughs> like someone fucked up Mark. <laughs> yeah. Like the anti-Mark. The anti-Mark. Uh, Wark. I mean, I would also go by initials. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or just David. David. I mean, David's fine. Okay, so uh, D.W. Griffith was born in Kentucky in 1875. He was the son of a Confederate Army colonel. Cool. Who was elected as a Kentucky state uh, senator. Cool. Uh, and then eventually drank himself to death. Cool. His father died when he was 10, and the family struggled with poverty. So when he was 14, Griffith's mother said fuck this to the family farm and moved the family to Louisville, Kentucky, where she opened a boarding house. For a second, when you, when you started saying the syllables of boarding house, I thought you were going to say bordello. And I was about to say, kudos, woman. Way to be an independent business lady. Right? No, she wouldn't have approved of that. Ah. Griffith then left high school to help support his family. Um, he took a couple jobs in, I guess, the old, ye old timey equivalent of retail, and then began his creative career as an actor in touring companies. Oh, God. He also tried to become a playwright, but he was apparently very bad at it. Yeah, failed artists. They always make the worst people. Well, <laughs> wait. His mother hated the idea of her respectable son working in the entertainment industry because she thought he would get wrapped up with floozy actresses. Not, I mean, not wrong. <laughs> not knowing that he had been visiting sex workers in Louisville for like years. Which I only mention because it's it, it, it might be echoed a little bit later. He's not wrong. I mean, as a, as a theater person myself, we're all a bunch of sluts, but yeah. we're all real happy about it. I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, slap in my usual content warning for, I guess everything, mostly misogyny and racism. Cool. Yeah. In 1908, Griffith took a job as an extra with the Biograph Company. So this was when Hollywood was basically operating under the studio system. So you would right. go and work for a specific studio, uh, which would be your good, good creative daddy. So that same year, 1908, the studio's main director got sick. They got that director's son to take his place. And when uh, it turned out that that guy really sucked at directing movies, they g gave Griffith the position. I have no idea why the co-founder of one of the big Hollywood studios thought it would be a good idea to go from the studio's main director to that guy's son to some random extra. <laughs> 
But I guess he did, and he there was we very are. impressed by the initials. The initial means you're a serious man. Yes, you're a serious man, full of serious ideas. Uh, so Griffith directed like 48 shorts for the company that year. Directed uh, the first movie that was like filmed in Hollywood, okay. which is kind of interesting, and. Okay. Um, one of the first full-length features in the U.S. But Biograph believed that full-length movies were not viable at that point. Um, they thought okay. that viewers just weren't going to have the attention span for it. Because they dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of charming to me how not true that was then, but is somehow true now. I mean, it's really, we do live in a paradox of American culture in which, like, people will go to the video, to the movie theater to watch, like, a three-hour Avengers movie, mm -hmm. but also can only sit through a six-second Vine video. Yeah, pretty so, much. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a struggle for, for ADHD folks. Holla at my bros. <laughs> people are complicated. I'm, there is no fucking way I'm sitting through a three-hours Avengers movie. I'm not that invested. No. No. I'm really not because pretty much as soon as Thanos was like, uh, you read the people were starving, so kill them. Like it's uh it's it's very like philosophy one oh one bro who like thinks he's discovered how to solve the world's problems through yeah. complete nihilism. And I'm just like, I've already done that freshman class. I'm really not invested in it. We've already dated that guy in high school. <laughs> right. Somebody's like, have you heard of this guy? Nietzsche? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I no. Thanks. No, never heard of Would that. Would you like to listen dude. to some Bob Dylan albums with me? Who's that? I've never heard mm. of Bob Dylan, one of the most popular musicians of our time. Get out of here with your beanie. So see you. <laughs> so Griffith wanted to direct full-length movies, and because of this conflict with Biograft and the fact that he kept spending too much money on his movies, Griffith left Biograft and moved to the weirdly named Mutual Film Corporation. When Griffith left Biograph, I have no fucking clue why this is. I could find very little on it. He took out a full-page ad in a New York paper declaring himself the producer of all great Biograph successes enlisted 151 films. You know, he's the carpe donctum of that time. Uh, mm. <laughs> just, you know, just, it's satirical. The ad that he wrote also gave him credit for revolutionary filmmaking and said that he invented the close-up and long shot. Uh, according to the fabulous podcast, you must remember this, this just straight up wasn't true, and Griffith knew that it wasn't true because, like, the close-up had been done on films that he had, like, interned on and shit. So, but... But it was, like, the early 1900s, where you could lie so he indiscriminately. He no was going to Google it. And I guess it's fair to say that he, popul <laughs> he popularized a lot of these, like, film techniques and film editing techniques, whatever, whatever. After quitting Biograph, but before his starting his next major endeavor, he co-produced The Life of General Villa, a biographical action drama film about the Mexican revolutionary general, starring Pancho Villa as himself. Honestly, I'd watch it. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds dope. Shot on location during the Mexican Civil War. Dude, this sounds like... 
This sounds awesome. There's like no copies still in existence of this thing. And apparently Pontrevia only did it so he could like fund his army. They were like, we'll give you money if you let us film this, but also dramatize some parts of it. And he was like, okay, cool. Okay. Um, no, that sounds badass. It's not really relevant to anything. It was just so weird. I felt like I needed to include it. I mean, it's definitely like the first like actual documentary of like realness. Like, let's see, let's see this actual person. I mean, maybe there self. there was a surprising amount of time like after film was invented, but before they figured out mm, scripts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in a way. Wasn't everything a documentary of realness? <laughs> Wasn't everything a documentary? Oh, goodness. Uh, anyway, Griffin and Harry Aiken, a bigwig that we will not dwell on, founded Reliance Majestic Studios, <laughs> where Griffith directed his best-known film. Okay, so he's he's part of the Majestic. Reliance Majestic Reliance Studios. Majestic. That is so, like, that's such a jerk-off name. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Ren? Yes. Have you heard of a movie called The Klansman? Oh, no. (laughs) I have... uh, Not The Klansman, but I think I know where this is going. Because it got renamed before it came out, and it was released as Birth of a Nation. Oh, no! No, this motherfucker! (laughs) Yes, I am very familiar with birth of a yeah. nation. Uh, Gr- oh my Griffith God. as the son of an embittered Confederate colonel. An embittered fucking racist. An embittered racist <laughs> was just like, mm, yeah, that seems right. Gonna direct this. Mm. Uh, now I realize that you watched Tucker Carlson last week, but I don't have your dedication. I could not bring myself to watch this thing and have it forever ruin my YouTube history. I've seen clips of it that's been, like, because I've seen it referenced in other sort of, like, yeah. media literacy kind of things. Yeah. Like, I know that um, Lindsay Ellis has uh, kind of shown it in clips when she's talked about, um, like, in her most recent thing, yes. talking about Disney's, Disney wokeness. Yes. And about how Disney's not great about dealing with its racist history. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I've seen I've seen clips of it in, in regards to talking about, like, the history of media and its portrayal of race. Yeah. It's not great. It's not. Uh, it is a, a shitty racist movie based on a shitty racist book by other noted fucking guy, Thomas Dixon Jr. I am now quoting from Wikipedia, so obviously I am the last bastion of intellectualism. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dixon also observed that he would have allowed none but the son of a confederate soldier to direct the film version of The Klansman. I'm so, I am so proud of your accent right there. It felt real. Mm-hmm. It felt real. And I'm just, I'm just moved I by your dedication like. to realism. <laughs> the movie is about two families during and after the Civil War. The sort of inciting shit in Birth of a Nation was white people's experience of reconstruction as a, oh, so very unfair to white people. Oh no, not the poor white people. Guys, I'm not saying shit was not real. I'm just saying, fuck you, you enslaved people. Oh no, those poor white people receiving consequences for their actions. Oh no. Uh, so the characters, the characters in the movie fight back by forming the Ku Klux Klan, which I always pronounce incorrectly, but they don't deserve to have it pronounced correctly. 
Uh, the movie continues on to portray lynchings as good and brave or whatever and laments the unfair and draconian persecution of Klansmen. Fuck right off with this movie! (laughs) Oh yes, you you poor sad white men murdering people for no reason. It's it's so unfair that you might receive a modicum of not actual justice for murdering people for no reason. Uh Oh, oh no, you poor Klansmen. I feel so sad Uh for you. Go fuck yourself. A lot of the plot hinges on the racist idea that black men look at white women like cartoon dogs look at a pork chop. And it's real gross and I hate it. Also, the movie manages to be like an extra layer of racist because they used white actors in blackface instead of hiring black actors. Well, they didn't hire black actors for anything. No, I don't know why I'm... I'm not surprised, but also, fuck you. Yeah, no, it's definitely like cool, old-fashioned blackface. I do know, since I have seen clips of um, Birth of a Nation, they at least didn't do the blackface where they had like the nice like white lip Oh, Jesus. It's just like full blackface. Um, so I guess better. It's not. It's not better. They're both really shitty. But yeah, it's, uh, it is definitely a white man in full blackface, uh, chasing down a white lady who is just poor, poor, sweet white lady being chased by this, this, this hideous black man monster because... Yes, and rather than, like, my God, stopping and talking to this man or, like risking being touched by his unseemly hands, she flings herself off a cliff. I mean, it's just, again, it's part of this narrative. It's it's pretty, I mean, this goes all the way up to, like, the Central Park Five. This idea yeah. about, like, black men raping and sexually assaulting white women. Like, it is very prevalent. Fuck. I mean, like, what, um, To Kill a Mockingbird was about that whole yeah. narrative was, you know, this, this idea that black men sexually assault white women, even when it's categorically not true, it doesn't fucking matter, because that's part of the cultural narrative. Yeah. Thanks, Birth of a Nation! Thanks! <laughs> the movie ends with all the white people riding off into a racist sunset together. It was... Here's a fun fact. It was the first American motion picture to be screened in the White House. Cool with what what president? You there by President Woodrow Wilson, who we will get to another day. Oh, cool! Thanks, Willie. The NAACP understandably attempted to stop showings of the film, and there were there were like not an insignificant amount of people that were like, "This film is fucked up and it is racist as shit." Please do not. And they successfully got some viewings stopped but it was big and shiny and everyone was going to see it and it was complicated and like oh my god what a auteur blah 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 jerk 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 so it was shown widely and became the most successful box office attraction of its time it's considered among the first blockbuster motion pictures and broke all the box office records that had been established until then i'm so proud of you Uh, so proud of you dw griffin uh, you done a great job. Karina Longworth in her uh, in her podcast about D.W. Griffith, uh, we're going to get to a little bit more of that later, uh, estimated that the movie made around $5 million then. <laughs> uh, 
which is oh boy. like an unfathomable amount of money now. Uh, and one of its stars, Lillian Gish, said they lost track of the money it made. It's almost as if America has always been racist. Almost. Uh, it was a huge commercial success and became highly influential. The film's release has also been acknowledged as the inspiration for the rebirth of the clan only months later. Yay! Uh, Congrats! You brought, you brought the clan back. That's cool. This is the other side of media representation. Uh, this is clearly a very media-driven episode, which I think is... And completely by accident, yeah. but really worthwhile. Yeah. Hmm. Also, like, more... It's almost as if media influences culture and culture influences media. And we really can't escape this, like, cyclical nature of that and how it can be really fucking bad. It's also an episode where there is more than one media depiction of lynchings. So... <sighs> how are we doing? Do we need to talk to someone? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, so, I talked to my cat. <laughs> she she's is, up there and she looks haunted. She is my entire self care routine. <laughs> uh, so Griffith was really just indignant and deeply wounded that anyone would attempt to censor or ban the really fucking racist movie Birth of a Nation. <laughs> Oh no. Just like, how dare you? What a sensitive snowflake. I'm an artist. <laughs> uh, and this motivated him to produce and direct the movie Intolerance. Oh, I've the, heard of this the following one. year. Oh. He, he was real bad, guys. Uh, in this movie, he portrayed the effects of intolerance on four different historical periods. The fall of Babylon. Fuck you. The crucifixion of Jesus. Fuck you. The events surrounding uh, the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Fuck you. And a modern day story that villainizes social workers. Fuck you. I also didn't watch that movie. No, it's, it's, it's just don't. Just don't. No. It, it doesn't seem like anyone especially liked it. Like, it didn't bomb, but it didn't do especially well. It's sort of, like, historically kind of unremarkable. Well, I mean, it's just it's just his own circle jerk about how he's great and how no one can criticize him because no one understa- of the art. No one understands me. I'm Jesus. Ugh. So this was this was one of my favorite weird facts. He got one of his actors, the one who had played Lincoln in Birth of a Nation, to do all of the historical research for Intolerance uh, and told him sure. that he had to find evidence that there were giant elephant sculptures in Babylon because Griffith wanted some fucking elephants. So he's really concerned about historical accuracy? Somehow? There weren't any, like, elephant sculptures. This did not stop him from building 
giant elephant sculptures. I mean, of for course. The movie. I mean, it's like I mean, what was it? Gods of Egypt came out like a couple of years ago, and it featured fucking white people. So like, it's not exactly <laughs> as if Hollywood's ever been interested in him historical accuracy. Oh goodness, no. He lost so much money on this movie. <laughs> Good. 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 Um, the set for the movie just stayed up and hung out in LA for something like five years after the movie wrapped because they didn't know what to do with it. So in researching this, which is a word that I use lightly, uh, I stumbled across, uh, like I said before, an episode of Karina Longworth's podcast. You must remember this. I don't think that that's a podcast that's like happening anymore, but it's still worth checking out. This uh, was an episode that focused on Griffith's presence in the Kenneth Anger Gossip Anthology, Hollywood Babylon. Ah, yes. And this book uh, essentially alleges in this, ooh, girl, I heard sort of way that Griffin was, or that Griffith was a pedophile. I mean, it would be the Hollywood legacy that no one likes to talk about. This wasn't exactly true, but he definitely did have some ideas about womanhood that are real gross. Lay them on me. Uh, he believed that there were two kinds of women, the bad ones that you had sex with and the virtuous ones that you saved. It's still a, still modern. It's still, it's still a trope. He gave them names. Oh, names. What are their names? The voluptuous and the spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. What a fucking douchebag. By pretty much Ugh. all accounts, uh, Griffith only wanted to work with young, vulnerable, fatherless, naive actresses. Fatherless? That was part of your casting call? Hey, was that dead? <laughs> cool. You can audition. Like, what a fucking creep. The kind that supported their mothers. Ooh. Uh, and he wanted his actresses to look like girls, not like women. Um, cool, let's continue fetishizing youth and girls. Unsurprising. That can't lead to anything bad. What could go wrong? Unsurprisingly, Gross. he had a tendency to blur the lines between professional and personal with his actresses, who, again, he hired as teenagers, and he seemed to favor actresses who rebuffed his advances because these were the virtuous ones. So he would be like, yo, girl, want to go out with me? And they would be like, heavens no, and he would be like, correct. Cool, Which I, I guess. I don't know. That's uh, not cool. Stop sexually harassing your employees, you, you creepo. He told actresses that they would catch diseases if they did love scenes and kissed actors. Oh, honey. So then when these actresses went on to work on other movies and they were like, you need to kiss this actor, they're like, I will get diseases. American sexual education's never been great. It's never been great. I find that particular part kind of hilarious, but... I mean, then, like, everyone in Hollywood had some sort of VD. I mean, probably did. Probably. I mean, people were kissing people all over the place. I mean, and so, like, like, big actors were fucking making out with everybody. Yeah. You know, like, major motion pictures. I mean, like, think about, like, the major romantic films of the time. Like, think of, like, Casablanca. Think of Gone with the Wind. This is not that same era, but okay. Well, I'm talking about major Hollywood films. I mean, yeah, but... 
This was this was still in like the nineteen tens when like I am not you shouldn't show ankles or you were actually a surprisingly the nineteen twenties and thirties were a pretty like open period of time for um, American filmmaking. Well, maybe, but this was the nineteen tens. Well, no, I think it's specifically D. W. Griffith being a creep. Well, yeah, there there is that as well. Uh, the point is, is that kissing doesn't give you like like the plague. Not if you're doing it right. Uh, as Karina Longworth described, Griffith wasn't exactly a pedophile because his kink was to fall in love with teenage girls and then hope they wouldn't sleep with him. So he was like an incel? Kind of? Well... Not an incel. A, a vol cell? Yeah. Like... Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Uh, it appears Ugh. that he may have had romantic relationships with some teenage actresses, including the maybe 15-year-old Carol Dempster, and allegedly Lillian Gish, who was at least 19 at the time, but told everyone she was 16. Cool. It's not It's not clear, though, if he ever had sex with his teen ingenues, um, especially considering that he preferred women who wouldn't sleep with him. Do with that information what you will. Couldn't figure out where else to fit in this podcast, so... <laughs> On we march, I uh, guess. I'm gonna keep spit taking these dudes' weird romantic sex kinks. I I swear to God, I did not pick this with the idea that there was going to be weird like, romantic sex kinks. I'm into children kinks. because they won't have sex with me. Not okay. all of my people are going to be like pederasts. I promise. <laughs> That's true. You you really stuck with this theme. It's not intentional. It's just <laughs> um, you know, as as. As your guys would say, uh, it's just that the world is ruled by a uh, class of wealthy pedophiles that apparently... I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Okay, so Griffith bopped around with some more studios before forming United Artists, which was an artist-owned studio with Charlie Chaplin, Mary Pickford, and Douglas Fairbanks. And this was kind of cool historically, but it's not interesting to talk about. Cool. His film career essentially died a slow death after that, and he eventually got kicked out of United Artists because his movies did so badly, which is hilarious. On the morning of July 23rd, 1948, 16 years after he directed his last movie, Griffith was discovered unconscious in the lobby of the Knickerbocker Hotel in Los Angeles, California, where he had been living alone. He died of a... With not a single teenage ingenue in sight. Not a teenage ingenue to be had. He died of cerebral hemorrhage on the way to the hospital. And savage, savage Wikipedia notes that few stars came to his memorial. It's because he was a dick. So that is (laughs) the life and times of this particular dead asshole, D.W. Griffith. Thanks for that... That... Fucking racist ass movie that kind of oh it's real bad this 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 fucking guy was responsible even if it's sort of indirectly for killing like a lot of people yeah the resurgence of the clan like what a medal to hang on your wall uh... yeah you know who defeated the clan later Superman. What? No, really. It's a really interesting story, and I can't remember the dude, but it was essentially... First of all, Superman is created by two Jewish comics. I didn't know that. I did not. Um, so, like, when they were doing um, Superman comics, um, one of the, like, writers, artists, I can't remember who, um, because I literally did not prepare for this little note, 
was uh, he infiltrated the clan, and um, that's where he like really documented how the clan operated, which is like they called themselves wizards and warlocks and like. Are you, you know, like normal, well-adjusted like, people? Like, like, like the weird racist LARPers they are. Yeah. And um, he eventually he got this. He he published Superman comics in which Superman was taking out the clan, but because but he he wrote about the clan secrets like oh like I am Warlock Smith and like blah 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 blah. So he like showed the clan's weird LARPing stuff along with Superman beating them up, which really helped turn public sentiment against the Klan, because not only was Superman beating up the Klan, but, like, what a fucking bunch of weird nerds. Like, a bunch of weird racist nerds calling themselves wizards and warlocks and shit. So it no longer was cool to be part of the Klan. Until Donald Trump brought it back. Well... He did No, not single-handedly. No, don't at me. Don't no. at me. I know. I know. Well, I don't think the clan is still cool. I think the clan is still, like, Depends part of, like... Depends on who you fucking ask, I guess. Well, here's the thing. I think the clan's probably still not cool because, like, the clan isn't with the memes. You I know? mean, they're definitely it's not It's not, like, cool. an older generation. Like, your baby boomers are, like, in the clan. Like, your new cool kids are in, like, the Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer. Because, like, you want to be part of this cool new group. Yeah, junior clan. The junior clan. Like, the clan of, like, fucking Ed Hardy t-shirts, essentially. <laughs> oh, God. So, well, on that lovely note, that's, uh, that's gonna be it for us this week, I think. I think we have talked about these fucking guys, uh, quite a bit. We've gone through, uh, only one bottle of wine this time, and that's mostly because it's 1 p.m. on, uh, Monday. Yeah. (laughs) And we can't get butt so intoxicated, but let me tell you, these three glasses have been great. (laughs) (sighs) So, if you like what you're hearing... Then you should check us out on thiseffingguy.com or on Twitter at thiseffingguy, E-F-F-I-N-G. That's actually not it. Well, that's what you wrote in this That's Google what I wrote before right? I actually made it. Okay. You want to tell us what the social media is, right? No, because it's, yes, because it's at this F-N guy. The letter F, the letter N. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Uh, because... The world is weird and all of the Twitter handles are taken. Okay. Uh, or donate to our Patreon because we're poor. Not sure we have one yet. We do keep, not. Keep us in your hearts for a while. <laughs> uh, keep us in your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> but as always, I am Ren Martinez. And I'm Ginger Gala. Here's a self-care tip. Take some time away from social media. Give yourselves a break. Truth. And don't be... <laughs> This fucking guy. Beep, 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 beep! This fucking guy.